Well, hi, I'm Dave Swerdlick from Uptown Podcast Studios and Story Cub Video Picture Books. If you'd like to learn more, you can head on over to UptownPodcast.com and or StoryCub.com. Like a little bear. But more importantly, and I say this every podcast, but... Uh, I speak the truth. I am a proud member of Ed North, an EdTech meetup group located in the Twin Cities of Minneapolis and St. Paul. If you are at all in the EdTech sector and you are not a member of Ed North, what are you doing? What's your problem? Because it's free. It's free to join. The events are free and the people are awesome. So head on over to Ed North dot org and check it out and become a member it's uh you can't it can't get much simpler than that uh no credit card required uh no bank account information if someone asks you for that uh, uh you're you're on the wrong site <laughs> so uh again ednorth.org our guest on this ednorth edtech podcast is Ethan Heisey. Ethan is the director of Mackin Maker at Mackin. They're located in Burnsville, Minnesota, and they got a lot of cool stuff going on. So why listen to me do this when we can listen to Ethan? Tell us about it. It's Ethan Heisey from Mackin on the Ed North EdTech Podcast. <laughs> Welcome, Ethan Heisey from Mackin to the Ed North EdTech Podcast. How you doing, Ethan? Hi, Dave. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you. I had an opportunity to visit you, and you took me uh, down the hall to where kind of where you're... First off, I had trouble finding your front entrance. Your building is so huge. <laughs> uh, and you took me to an area that kind of overlooked the warehouse, and I was blown away for anyone who is not familiar with Mackin just as a company uh, could you just give us a, a brief history yeah so we are a, a 36 year old Minnesota based book company the actual name of Mackin was once Mackin book company it's now Mackin educational resources but we go by Mackin all day that's that's where we come from we come from selling K through twelve fiction nonfiction titles to to schools and public libraries. That's that's awesome. I I was just seriously blown away by what I I don't know how many books did you, did you well whatever it's it was really cool it was really really cool. You have a lot of solutions that you offer. I think I'd like to start out with uh, your position because you're director of Mackin Maker which uh, is, a, is a STEM program. Could you tell us about that? About six years ago, I got hired on to come to Mackin and start the Mackin Maker Division. I worked in community maker spaces in the past. I am a, kind of a hands-on tinkerer myself. I like to explore microcontrollers and just build things out of whatever is in front of me. When I was brought on, the makerspace kind of trend that had been Pushing across schools uh, was just starting. As a reseller, we decided to start providing STEM tools 
and programs to our customers in K-12 schools. What makes you different? I would say we have one of the largest selections of, of STEM products in the U.S. Uh, that are tailored for K-12 schools. The concept behind a makerspace is vast. And as a book company, we have a strong ties to libraries, K-12 libraries. And because of that, makerspaces have kind of ended up or been built in libraries because they're wide open spaces and they're inclusive and everyone has access to it. So when a school or district purchases robots of some kind, it makes sense that they end up in the library. So we offer a lot of those coding and robotics programs and tools, everything from Legos to very complicated Raspberry Pis. You're director of Mac and Maker. You were brought into this company. Did you already have this concept using it somewhere else or was something they brought you in to create something brand new? The concept was built a little bit internally before. The basic idea of selling these STEM tools is really just touching the surface of what we do. And that was what they had. We was like, okay, we're going to sell these STEM tools. We need uh, a program to do that through. Since I've started, we've built ways to recommend the correct products to schools. And I'd like to go through that if we can. Yeah, no, I'd love to. I'd love to hear about it. We've built different district level implementation uh, programs to help districts roll out STEM programs. We've vetted different products. We spent time doing the coding with the robots, seeing if it actually works, putting the pieces together on the building sets, seeing if they provide learning outcomes. And I, I think that's really important with STEM tools. If they provide a learning outcome that is specific to science, technology, engineering, or math, that's why we sell them. We don't sell them just to be uh, a distraction. When we say, here, check out these STEM toys. Well, why would we just give our students toys to play with? But they are specifically designed to provide learning outcomes. And that's and that's what we focus on a lot. Correct me if I'm wrong. There are tools for every grade. And depending on what grade you're in, you have uh, some tools and solutions and some learning opportunities available that are customized for that particular grade or grades, kind of a group of, of grades. The grade level of products is really important. You can't put a, a complicated product in front of a, a third grader and expect them to figure out how to do text coding. You know, it just doesn't work. So you have to drop them down to you know block-based coding or, or even just visual uh, symbol uh, alignment, which is like an earlier stage of programming. That's something that we definitely think about. Grade level, we think about your tech that's available in the schools. It's really important. Not all not all these products are compatible with your with iPads. Some of them only have uh, USB port plugins, right? So they need a PC. Some are really made for one to two students. Some are made for ten to twenty students. We look at all those different components and make the the right recommendations. Uh, for the STEM program for the school. As far as you have seen, is there one platform that stands out more than another in general with schools? Do most of your customers, are they using Chromebooks? Are they using iPads? Is one like leading the pack right now? Chromebooks probably more than often are the, are the ones that schools purchased in the past iPads are easily 
second or maybe on par with the same. But uh, there's a lot of Chromebooks out there in K-12 schools. Yeah, there are. And there are, there are a lot being lost, too. <laughs> just just for previous conversations that I've that I've had from with people and uh, some uh, a few upset parents. Uh, yeah. So uh, your website is macken dot com m a c k i n dot com, and I'm on there right now looking at services and products, including Macinvia. Could you tell us about this because this seems really interesting? Right. Uh, thanks for looking at that, Dave, uh, and bringing that up because Macinvia is actually the, <laughs> the very, the more ed tech focused product that we, that Macin provides. So it's a free digital resource management system. We coin it that way for marketing terms, but uh, here's how I would explain it. Uh, it's a place where students can access audiobooks, ebooks, databases, website links, educational videos, and it's all single sign-on, so it's all connected to your system. Uh, but it is a 100% free platform. Uh, all the schools or districts have to do is buy the content that goes in there, the ebooks, the audiobooks, the databases, the educational videos. But they can also put free videos in there um, or free website links, whatever they find on the Internet. It's all It's an open platform. I think we're in the 12th year of Max. Wow. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been a long running project and uh, a hard one too, because there's a lot of big companies out there that are funded from venture capitalist money who have gotten into this space as well. And we, we have a hard time keeping up with, but we have a lot of great customers in Minnesota that use Mac and Via in there. They give us feedback, and they're really strong people. And, well, uh, we've 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 learned a lot from our Minnesota folks, no doubt. Well, you must be doing something right, Ethan, because uh, you're the you're the winner of the 2021 Tech and Learning Best Remote and Blended Learning Tools. Congratulations! Thank you. There's always competition, but you obviously you you're doing something really right to pick up something like that. Uh, it's truly impressive. And it has to do with remote learning. Yeah. And remote learning, are we going back? Do you have a feeling that we're going back to remote learning with what's going on currently? Here's my personal opinion. No, we won't. I don't think the U.S. will go back to remote learning this year unless something drastic changes. So, yeah. Uh, I, I hope not. That was, that's a hard, that was a hard time for educators. And I felt their pain drastically if you think about makerspaces all of that stuff is hands-on all of it is close quarters all of it is shared uh it was it was a hard time for k-12 makerspaces a lot of the products that were purchased and stem tools uh didn't just sat on the shelf idle was there a supply chain uh, well not not a supply chain issue but uh like were you sitting because when i looked at your warehouse oh my seriously i was there i don't know how many hundreds of thousands of books you had uh running through there so kind of all of a sudden have to stop uh in a sense and you're sitting on a lot of inventory that you couldn't ship yep absolutely it was a logistical nightmare there for a while we got through it and our our warehouse crew and all the people that work internally at Mackin uh, were really there to help. We all 
followed the guidelines and got our work done internally. And when schools started opening up again and receiving shipments, we were able to free up space. But it was a it was a it was an interesting time. And I hope we don't go back to it. <laughs> and certainly a, a learning experience for all. That's for sure. How, ma- how many employees do you have approximately? Yeah. So Mac and, I mean, we, we hire a lot of seasonal work because uh, we do a lot of new school libraries. So that those are all put together in the summer. So we, we have our, mm-hmm. our, I say our workforce in the summer is upwards of 300 plus, And then we can go down a hundred or so in the winter. But yeah, we're about a 300 person company on average. Uh, so I um, was doing something at a public school uh, not too long ago. Actually, it was pre-COVID. So it was a little longer. Ago. Uh, regardless, that school has a specific person who is in charge of digital. And if a teacher has an issue, they just call that person, the person comes down to the classroom, takes care of it. They also introduce new products to teachers as tools that they might want to use in the classroom. Are you finding that this is becoming uh, more of a norm where there is actually someone in a school that has some type of title or whatever, but they're dealing specifically with digital content? Yeah, I would say it is becoming more of a norm. I mean, a digital learning coach, digital learning coordinator, uh, those are all, those are pretty common titles nowadays. I guess I noticed that more in Texas. Uh, I noticed uh, that I actually think Bloomington Public Schools has one. Uh, but yes, it is a, there's that person who is in charge. We we talk to them, uh, or we want to talk to them about Macavia, and and they it's a great liaison to have at a school to be the one, you know, the one person to stop to talk to and the person that even that implements and rolls out these new programs is really important. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly what I was thinking is that uh, you're talking to someone who probably has a much better chance of actually quote unquote, getting it. And mm-hmm. uh, in, in other words, you try to explain certain things to even superintendents or, or anywhere down the, the, the line when it comes to technology, um, there are a lot of people that that simply and and I'm not saying this to to downplay their role uh, of what they do, but it must be a lot easier for you, your sales staff, to go out and actually talk technology with people who understand what you're talking about. Right, it is. Even though our company, I bet you, I bet you, there's. 70 teachers that work at Mackin or, or ex-teachers that work at Mackin. Wow. Yeah, easily. We get a lot of uh, educators in the summer when they're on break, right? Uh, we've learned more, I would say, from those people than we have uh, just guessing or just trying to try to say, like, this is best for the market. We, we're an odd, odd little duckling company where we – focus on education we focus on what we sell I mean, we still have to be a business and run the business but the the founders have always believed that, that what they're trying to do is just for the betterment of k-12 education as best they can 
Well, I can only imagine, you know, talking about Mac and Via. Uh, yeah, it's an incredible resource. You, you'll get a Mac and Via and, and you'll get the uh, you'll, you'll get the free platform. And we always set you up with at least 20 free books to start. And and the thing that's really impressive with me is that um, there's no shortage, it seems, of subjects and or titles as you offer over 3 million ebooks, read alongs, audiobooks databases, videos. I mean, uh, three million. If you can't find what you're looking for, uh, I don't know. I don't know where you're going to find it. Yeah, we work with every single publisher in the U.S. and many abroad. But uh, if if it's an educational publisher and they're and they're focused on K twelve education, their books will be available on Macan.com, ebooks or audiobooks or whatever it is, or just print. That's that's uh, that's amazing. And uh, just so you know, I don't think I mentioned it. You're you're located in Burnsville, right? And uh, and like I said, I had trouble finding the front entrance for real. Uh, and, and it's not not. I don't mean that as a as a. Um, I just mean it's a big building. It's a big building. Uh, it is a big building, and I it just just un- unbelievable. Again, you're the director of Mackin Maker that is within the space of Mackin. So you've been there four years. Have you seen technology change? Are you using new tools that weren't around even four years ago? Oh, absolutely. Or, yeah. So where do you where do you see this going in the future? I mean, we're constantly changing, it seems like. Techn- I mean, there's just boom. Just when you think, just when you learn something, right? There's something else that comes out, and it's even better. And and so you you want to take advantage of that, right? Well, you know, I think the basic the basic idea behind STEM tools and STEM products to teach kids uh, about STEM learning outcomes and right to give them those things. So that said, right, there's science, technology, engineering, math. Uh, I, I would say. 30% of products, maybe 40% of STEM learning products have a big focus on coding. And those platforms are always changing. Uh, like I can think of uh, one that maybe your audience will know is, is Sphero. So Sphero is a coding uh, in robotics. It's a, it's a robotic ball, right? It looks like a, mm-hmm. just a big circle and you, you, uh, you code it to make uh, different movements to, you know, do different flashes, make different noises, things like that. But you do it all in block-based coding on in their app. That has changed into uh, you know newer versions of that of that robotic ball. Uh, different uh, platforms and apps for younger students, um, and it it's also pushed into high school being able to do it text-based coding right so they they have changed and and made themselves a k-12 company uh, k-12 offerings and i think a lot of companies are doing that uh, for stem products so yeah i and with all of these obviously you're you're helping to create critical thinkers and you know increase science literacy and uh, innovation and it's uh, it's hugely important because I think the a lot of these kids are going to be the next leaders uh, down down the road, and it's never too never too young to um, to get them into something. Uh, it, so it's a little more than 
HTML, huh? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, is when we get them, when we get the kids asking questions about not like, how is that made? You know, it's like, instead of saying that saying, you know, what else, what other ways can I make that? That I think that is the key. If I had to say anything to, to, uh, from, from what I've learned in the last six years for K-12 makerspaces, it's use open-ended questions, use open-ended challenges, never limit a student in their ability to use the product that you've, you've bought for them. I think that will lead to better experiences for them and for the future, really. I, I, well said. I like that. Really, really well said. Are you planning to roll out new stuff for STEM students that um, have never been seen before, have never been used in the classroom, or or, or maybe are just starting to uh, appear? Well, I'd love to talk about something that I've worked on for the last two years with my team and I. Uh, they're called Mac and Maker Gamified Kids. Ooh, nice. You might, mind if I talk about those a little bit? Absolutely. Cool. All right, so gamified, what does that mean? Con- the concept behind gamified means to add a game to something that is just normal, right? Uh, if you go to Starbucks or something and you get, uh, you you have the app, right? And you, you get so many stars, right, for purchases. Those are rewards, but it's also kind of a game. It's You're having fun. So they, they gamified that purchasing experience. Uh, we tried to take that concept of gamification and add it to uh, STEM learning. So what we did was put together a group of products um, and those products, we then created open-ended challenge cards. Those challenge cards have point values and also category values to them. And those correspond to uh, a game board that comes in the kit and the students can play that game board and it's all year round. It is, it's a never-ending game board. You count your laps around as you go. Uh, it's fun. We kind of we kept it bright and bubbly and easy. Um, and there are kits. We made kits for PK through two, three through five, six through eight, and nine through twelve. But that's the that's the concept behind it. Could you share a couple examples how it works, like in particular grades or? Sure. So. Uh, so they're based on the products, right? So it, maybe your audience will know what Makey Makey is. It's been around for a long time. It's like one of the original STEM products, STEM tools uh, that, that came out for schools, developed out of uh, out of Stanford by this guy named Jay Silver. And uh, what it is is pretty much an external keyboard, an external sensor that can, can control your computer. So anything conductive can now control your computer. You've seen like the, a, a banana piano before you've seen it. Oh yeah. Like sure. Yeah. That's that a makey makey controls that. Uh, so <clears throat> that, that right there, right. It, uh, we took that concept, right. And the, the challenge is beyond the banana piano. It's hard to tongue twist mm-hmm. but in the challenge, right. We asked the students to think about other ways to create this piano and we gave them uh, prompts and hints to try to to figure out different ways. But if when the challenge is completed, what I did air quotes right there, but you couldn't see it completed, right? That that can mean a lot of different things for a lot of different students. Then they would turn the card in, or they, you know, the educator would say, "Okay, sounds good to me. You can move your your uh, name, which is like a game your game piece, 
uh, 10 spaces because you completed that challenge. So you can you can move on to the next level. Right. And so the challenges, they're, they're scaled, so they get harder as they go up, as further you go through. And then each uh, challenge has a category. There's like designer, uh, um, innovator, you know, global thinker. And all of this, all of the challenges and subject alignments are all based on ISTE student standards. I think in general, wow, I can only imagine kids are a lot more receptive to having a little fun while they learn. Amen. That's that's a whole idea here. And I mean, this is this is a new like there's there's products that have gamified that like they are gamified themselves, right? Bloxels, um, they, you know they the those things, uh, they're, they're just games in, in themselves. But what we did was take products and then make a game out of those products. Uh, and that's, so that's something that we're doing a little differently at Mac and make. That's awesome. That's, that's awesome. And you have an, uh, you're, you're working for an awesome company and I'm not just saying that, uh, you guys just have, have a a ton going on and I really like what, you know, you're really pushing the ed tech sector. Uh, it sounds like, you know, kind of to trying to help boost it up to the next level. Uh, and I, that's great. That is great. So con- congratulations to you and your, your team uh, for, for doing all this. And after all said, uh, it's only the beginning, right? Uh, which, which, which blows me away. Uh, so uh, Ethan, uh, if someone would like to reach out to you, uh, uh, what would be the best way? Well, I'm uh, available all the time. You can always call Dave. Dave will call me. No, <laughs> it's fine. Uh, that's, no problem. <laughs> that's, that's no problem. No, my, yeah, you can email, call, uh, smoke signals, either any, anything's fine. Uh, but my email is Ethan, E-T-H-A-N, at Mackin.com. Uh, that'll probably be the best way to do it. And, and uh, I'm guessing you're also on LinkedIn. Uh I am. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and, and so, any any final things that you'd like to share with us here on the Ed North EdTech Podcast? If you want to, uh, if you want to just check Mac it out from afar, uh, we have a lot of great informations or information on our Twitter accounts. We have we have about four different Twitter accounts. Everyone there's Mac and Via, Mac and Library, Mac and Maker, and Mac and Learning, and they're all focused on different. Uh, facets of the education world. A lot of great information about STEM and uh, STEM products and upcoming STEM, you know, just fun facts from the Mac and Maker account. So give us a follow uh, if you just want to see what, what's happening from afar. Ethan Heisey from Mackin in Burnsville, mm-hmm. who is in some, pardon me, uh, giant large ass building uh that 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 i really that i don't know i just really like it i've i i've you guys gotta come back again i know i know i I, I know i probably didn't see you know what i'm sure there's more around the corner (laughs) you know so i see the second building (laughs) jeez i i it's it's truly again i know i've said it a couple of times but truly impressive uh, what you what you guys have going on there? So congratulations, uh, yeah. So Ethan Heisey, who is the uh, the director of Mackin Maker, uh, but also he's a Mackin guy overall. And we can't thank you enough for being a guest here on the Ed North EdTech Podcast. Thanks so much, Ethan. Thank you, Dave. Thanks everyone.
Yeah, I just want to say thanks again to Ethan Heisey for being our guest on the Ed North EdTech Podcast. If you are at all uh, interested in be- being a guest on the Ed North EdTech Podcast, uh, uh, hit us up. Uh, just uh, head on over to ednorth.org and... Uh, I don't have a pulled up in front of me, but I think there's something there. Uh, or you can just reach out to myself. Um, I'm best found, I guess, on LinkedIn. Uh, Dave Swordlick. Good luck. No, it's S W E R D L I C K. Yeah, we can connect there. So uh, thanks again. Uh, and Ethan, of course, is on LinkedIn as well. And looking forward to sharing another guest and uh, some more EdTech stuff. I hope schools don't close again. Uh, Anyway, thanks for joining us on the Ed North EdTech Podcast. I'll talk to you soon.